Good morning. If you have been feeling within yourself an unfamiliar feeling over the last couple of weeks or so, a feeling you think, I vaguely recognize this feeling, but I haven't felt it for a very long time, what you're feeling may be what they call optimism. <laughs> that maybe things are actually starting to get better that you're starting to feel, particularly as they're talking now about perhaps scrapping the isolation rules in the next couple of weeks, and that maybe we are through the worst of it. Maybe that, uh, you know, life will start to approach normality in its rhythm. Or maybe you're not quite there yet. That for you, through this pandemic, you have been burned way too often, way too painfully, and you are not ready to allow yourself to get too excited about any change or any normality until it really seems like it's happening. And if that's you, then that is fine. We all get that. But whichever side of it you would fall on, um, on, that, on that kind of whether you're optimistic or not, it's good for us, for all of us, whatever we're feeling, whatever season we're in, whatever the world events are that are going around alongside of us, to get our heads up every once in a while and ask, what is God doing? What is God saying to us? That through it all, what does he want us to do? And where is he leading us? And so that is why every February, it's not to do with the New Year's resolution thing that Hannah was saying, although that is quite a good little bit of synergy. Every February, as we settle into the rhythm of a new year, we do exactly that. We get our heads up. We have Vision Sunday as a church. And today, after quite a year for Revelation Church, I want us to see what it is that God has been doing amongst us, particularly actually over the last four or five months or so, and what he is doing amongst us as a family. And actually how I think we are in a particular moment, a particular time of momentum in God, that he is inviting us to, as a family, step out in faith and to continue to work alongside God and with God in all that he is doing. And so I'm calling today's message Strengthen and Stretch, and we are going to be reading from Isaiah chapter 55, uh, 54, um, from verse 2. So just a couple of verses. The words will appear on the screen just behind me, um, but if you've got a Bible, do turn that. Isaiah chapter 54, um, and we'll read from verse 2. Enlarge the place of your tent, and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes, for you will spread abroad to the right and to the left, and your offspring will possess the nations and will people the desolate cities. Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch out the curtains, lengthen and strengthen. Now, although Isaiah 54 was written to a people, the people of God when they were in exile in Babylon, which is essentially the low moment of God's people. It was written a full five to six hundred years before Jesus ever walked on earth. But it is, in fact, a promise that is specific to the church. It was a promise that of all that was to come through the promised Messiah. And how through Christ, God would continue to bless what is called his covenant people, the people that he had chosen for himself, but who we now kind of 
more casually called the church. Isaiah chapter 54 follows on from Isaiah chapter 53. It is those kind of razor-sharp insights that you come to Revelation Church for. And in Isaiah 53, we get a, a prophecy of the vivid, saving work of Jesus Christ. I'll leave you to read it in your own time, but it's very graphic in the way that it's saying that it's only through the cross that sin could be taken away. Only through the arrival of this Christ figure giving his life on the cross, just as we were celebrating in our worship time, that righteousness could be restored, that people could walk in holiness again. And then, and only then, and only through his cross and through the arrival and work of this Messiah, could all kinds of people start to come in. People like you, even people like me, could start to walk in the goodness and the holiness of God and enjoy all of the life of blessing that God has. And following on then from 53, in chapters 54 and 55, we start to hear about exactly what this life of blessing in God looks like and what we can expect. And it's just full of glorious promises that God gives to his people, the joy and the compassion and the peace and the joy that we can know in God. How we have been invited into an everlasting feast and we will never, ever have to pay a penny in order to get access to it. And of course, how the mountains are going to sing and the trees are going to clap their hands because why wouldn't they? But as well as all of these wonderful promises, what we also see in there is how the people of God are to respond. And the work that we are to do, how we are to play our part to work alongside God and with God in order to see the fullness of all of these wonderful promises come about. And the image that we're greeted with, as you would have picked up in verse 50, uh, chapter 54, is that of a tent. Now, as a man who stands at six foot two, me and tents don't normally get on. We do not have a good relationship. Why are they always so short? Who designs these things? They are, they are not built for those of a certain stature, apart from this tent. I can get on board with this tent, because this is a tent that increases in size and stature and reach. Enlarge the place of your tent. Amen to that. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out, for you will spread abroad to the right and to the left. As it speaks to this church that is about to be birthed 500 years later, this is a picture, this is a promise of a church that will grow, a church that will continue to enlarge. This is a call on God's people to be an ever-expanding people, to go out, go out into the places around and gather more in and allow the curtains to be stretched out so that more and more people can join in and experience. This picture and these verses is actually there's some verses that are woven into our prophetic DNA, if you like, as a church. Many of you will know that Revelation Church, we started as a church that was planted from a church in Nottingham um, th about three or so years ago. About 10 of us came over, moved house from Nottingham to start the church here. And before we moved, while we were still part of Grace Church in Nottingham, God spoke through these same verses, this same passage, this same picture. 
And it was actually shortly after a venue change for them as well. That we'd just bought a building in the city um, and it was all exciting and all lots of fun. But there was a call on us then to say, as it says in verse 2, to not hold back. That after all of the fun and the excitement of new building and exciting and all of those sorts of things, to not forget, we are not just about the building, we are about reaching a city and to keep going and keep moving on with our mission, to continue to strengthen and stretch as a church. That's what we heard back in Nottingham. And I believe he's speaking to us about the same verses now. I didn't actually give these verses much thought particularly since over the first three or so years of our church life together. But that changed at the beginning of September last year. I was just having a coffee with somebody from church, and we were talking just a little bit about where's the church at, what God's doing, what's going on, all of those sorts of things. And then just out of nowhere, in a bit of a mind space of, I just don't really know what God's doing and what he's got planned for us. Out of nowhere, I just felt and knew God had spoken. He just sort of dropped these verses in, and it's difficult to really explain, isn't it? But you might be familiar with it, just saying, I know God's spoken to me. And at that point in September, we had been through quite a change, and it felt like, as a church, we had been stretched. Over the l previous six months, we had moved here to the powerhouse, which was a pretty big undertaking for us. We had new uh, building, uh, a new building to settle into, new teams, new equipment, and all sorts of stuff. And that was a, an undertaking for us as a family. And we also had the joy of getting to know all of these people who had joined us online, actually getting to meet them in person and forming relationships, which was exciting and also felt like a bit of a stretch. And we had had people steadily come along for the first time in person when we started meeting here. And so as God spoke these verses, after we had had a time of stretching out, I was convinced I knew what God was saying. I thought he was saying, look, we've had a period of our curtains being stretched out, and now is a time for us to strengthen. Now, after we've had this time, I was convinced God was saying, genuinely, I, was, I said this to a few people, like, I don't think September through to December is going to be a time of growth for us. I don't think we'll grow at all. I think he's calling us to just strengthen who we are and what we have, particularly in the areas of rebuilding community and relearning, if you like, how to worship after 18 months of not having any of that at all. But as we look back on all that God has done over the last four or five months, I think I was at least half right. That all of the strengthening that we have been hoping for and that we were praying for has happened. Our community life as a church has deepened. That our home groups launched back in September and they have got off to a great start. Sundays are a place where there's just such a buzz. It seems like after the meeting, just about everybody stays away. I have to like kick you out at the end. There's, there's laughter, there's chatter, there's fun. There's all sorts going on. But also, as well as the sort of all of that, there's also people having quite deep conversations and praying for one another. There's real community life, and there's barely a Sunday that goes past that there isn't some kind of trip to Weatherspoons that happens afterwards. People just wanting to share life together. And our worshipping life as a church, it has felt like that has just moved to a whole new level over the last few months. 
whether it's Sundays or worship nights as a church. It has been great to see so many people, just as we had this morning, boldly stepping out, praying out. Even as more people have been around, it was a bit more scary to have people going for it, trying out new spiritual gifts, giving things a go, allowing to be vu- themselves to be vulnerable. It's been wonderful to see so many uh, new worship leaders or musicians, and through that, I don't know about you, but even just the last few weeks, it's felt like week after week after week, we're just going into richer, deeper times in God's presence before uh, than we have experienced before. As an example, I think of this strengthening. I had a conversation with somebody this week who said that on their walk home from church last Sunday, they walked home crying. Which isn't always the best feedback (laughs) from a church meeting. But they were saying that not only had they had during the worship time just a profound encounter and meeting with God where they were. But then afterwards, they'd had a number of chats with different people, newer people, some people that had been in the church for a while, that were just way beyond the surface. They were proper, deep chats. People were vulnerable. They were real. Conversations you have when you genuinely trust people. This is the sort of supernatural family in action kind of stuff. And I could probably give you countless other examples of leaders emerging or rotors expanding or giving increasing over these last few months that just together they paint a compelling picture. We have strengthened as a church over the last few months. We've gone deeper. But here's where I was wrong. The stretching has kept going as well. Since January... Um, I've actually had quite a few conversations with people who have joined us since September. They joined in, but in the first few weeks of September. And they said to me, Hang on, it feels like we've grown quite quickly. And it feels like we've grown quite quickly because we have grown quite quickly. Just to give a, an idea of what has happened in that sense, in the first few weeks of September, we were averaging about 55 people here on a Sunday, including our children. That was the sort of number we were seeing. And... The last two Sundays, we've been at more like 90. And I'd imagine, just looking at the room, we're probably about that or maybe a little bit more than that today. And these have just been normal Sundays. Now, numbers can mean all sorts of things. But the reason I share that is to help us draw us into the picture of what it is that God is doing amongst us as a family. As I've just said, this is not, I was not planning for this. This is not a sort of my endeavor, our endeavor as a church. Let's try and grow. Let's try and, you know, just gather as many people in as we can. This is not my expectation. But by God's grace, as well as strengthening us, he has continued to stretch us out. He has grown our family, not just in numbers, but by adding wonderful people to us who are now vital, life-giving members of who we are. And it's been an absolute joy to start to get to know them. What I want us to see is that there has been a lot happening over these last few months. And it really is God at work amongst us as a family. I really do think that we are in a moment in our story as a church, in the timeline of who we are, where God is doing something particularly special with us. That he is giving us kind of a spirit momentum and moving us forward and taking us into the next place. That as we simultaneously see him strengthening us and stretching us and enlarging us, just as Isaiah 54 said that he would, he promised his church he would do this. I think there's an invitation for us to see this, to recognize this isn't normal, if you like, or God is clearly in this. He is at work. And that each of us have a part to play to keep 
pushing forward and together continuing to strengthen that which he is doing as he wants to keep going in 2022. Because these verses, they are about us playing our part. Verse 2, enlarge the place of your tent. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. That is just one verse. But it's absolutely packed with imperatives. Absolutely packed with a call to action for God's people that in order to see these promises come about, we need to act. But it is also very much mixed in with the activity and the promises of God. Let the curtains of your habitation be stretched out. That is much more passive. It's like as we strengthen, he will stretch. He will enlarge us as we make room for him, as we let him. And then in verse 3, you will spread abroad to the right and to the left. You, your offspring will possess the nations and will people the desolate cities. Just Those are just promises from God as we work. And if you think about a tent, and you think about all of the cords and the stakes and the poles, all of these things, they are the supporting apparatus that I believe God is asking us to strengthen and to deepen. That as we make sure these things are firmed up, as we strengthen them and provide the structure, God will enlarge the place. He will ensure that it stands strong and stretch out our curtains. And I believe there are two areas in particular that he is really inviting us to be strengthening, to provide a structure that he might then continue to stretch and enlarge us in the next year. And the first is strengthening community. Almost from the very beginning, three years ago, we have described ourselves as a family following Jesus being a people who are genuinely family. We have interconnected lives. We really know one another. We care for one another. We love one another. And we give ourselves to one another. And that, being family, is the heartbeat of who we are as a church and is as important as ever. I want to be really clear that being a family was not just sort of how we started. We started in a living room. There's only a few of us. We didn't have much going on for ourselves. So we just kind of describe ourselves as a family because that's basically all we've got and just really push into it. And, you know, like now we're a bit bigger. We don't have to worry so much about that. No, no, no. In part, actually, the reason we started how we did by just hanging out in a home and sharing food and all of those sorts of things is because it is such a deep cultural value for us. We wanted to get that as a foundation stone in at the beginning, right, uh, and that we would always just then continue to build on that. Whatever we look like, however we change, we are family together. And these verses are, are about growing family. The scholar Alec Matia, who has essentially dedicated his whole life to studi studying Isaiah, so I see him as a pretty good, pretty good authority on it, says that the central idea to these first few verses of chapter 54 are family. It sets up in verse 1 with the, the language of childbearing and of, uh, of having children. And this is about enlarging a tent in order to prepare room for the family to grow. 
And over the years, it has been wonderful, humbling to see people from all different cultures, all kinds of different backgrounds, life experiences join. And the moment they come in, and then as they continue as part of us, saying, just from the moment I walked in, it felt like family. That it was a community life here that has drawn me in. I was just a couple of weeks ago driving to the welcome meal with three people, two from India, one from Hong Kong, and they were just enthusiastically saying to me something of this. That it's just like we just love the, the family feel, the welcome that we have received. But for almost all of our life as a church, family has happened when we have gathered together in just one place on a Sunday. That when we gathered at our house on a Sunday or when we've gathered uh, our old venue when there was about 30 of us and we used to share food after our meeting um, or here at the powerhouse uh, over coffee um, or perhaps like going to Weatherspoons afterwards or whatever. But I think the impact of our recent surging growth, we have to recognize how we've changed and then how we might need to change. I just think it is increasingly challenging now to come in having known nobody and genuinely find family on our Sunday meeting. That maybe you can do that when we were 50. You can come in and perhaps you'll see the person you sat next to again and go, go and find them and chat to them again. When you're 90 people on a Sunday, I do just think it's much harder. And that's normal. And as I said, I think there is something beautiful, genuine, wonderful happening in our community life, being family on a Sunday all together. Not going to get rid of that. Do not want to. But I also think that if we want to be truly family together, truly family, not just nice smile, wave at each other on the door as we come in, yeah, I'm fine, great, all of that. I mean, that's, that's excellent. But if we want to be really family, to know one another, to share life together, I think we have to find space outside of our meetings altogether to be investing in time with one another. And that is why our home groups are so important for us in the year ahead. These are designed to be like the communities within the community or the families that make up the bigger family. Getting together most weeks with the same eight people or so in a home. This is the place where you are most noticed, most valued, most wanted it within the church, most included within the church family. Spending time in a home on a Wednesday or Thursday night, chatting, eating food, worshipping together, praying together. This is where family will happen for us. And you might be thinking at this point, Duncan, I thought this was meant to be Vision Sunday. I thought we were dreaming big dreams. I thought we were talking about bold, expansive strategies to advance the kingdom of God in Manchester. I thought we were looking at a big, expansive tent that was advancing over the whole world and taking ground and changing the city for Jesus. This sounds so ordinary. It sounds so unexciting. It sounds, to be honest, like it would just be incredibly ineffective to achieve what we see written here. Yeah, it does. But you know, when it came to it, when this prophecy was actually fulfilled, when the church began, when it started to grow and stretch out, when a movement started in first century Palestine and started to spread like wildfire throughout all of Jerusalem, then into Samaria, then all of Asia, into Europe, to the ends of the earth, where did it all happen? 
Acts chapter 2, breaking bread in their homes. Acts chapter 5, from home to home. Most of the letters written to the New Testament churches were churches that met in homes. We regularly read in them the church that meets in such and such a person's house. This is where homes are where radical, world-changing disciples are formed. It's where churches that turn whole cities upside down are birthed and strengthened and start to stretch out into their local community. It is a bold, big, world-changing strategy. Believers regularly gathering in homes, doing just ordinary, basic Christian things. It's almost like it's a divinely, devi- divinely designed incubator for discipleship formation, spiritual growth, and community. And it's already happening amongst us. Had a student over at our house this last week, and she was saying how the home group is the highlight of her week. And she's already seeing herself growing as a part of being in it these last few months. And a home group leader was also saying to me, we're having such a good time at our home group, we are struggling to get people to leave at the end. We're going to chivy them towards the door, send subtle signals, then not so subtle signals, and get out. This is the problem we want to have. I think this is really big for us. That as we continue to enlarge and to stretch out, it has to be home groups where the heartbeat of true family life at Revelation Church will be found. And so if you were to ask me, Duncan, what is one thing that I can do to help strengthen Revelation Church for the season ahead and you know, help us move into the next season? I would say to you, that is an excellent question. That is a great question to be asking. And I'd say to you, be part of a home group and be committed to home group. Get those dates in your diary right at the beginning of term. Start to make steps to organize your diary around it and say, look, when that is happening, it's in. I'm not going to change it. I'm going to be there. Do it for yourself. You know, it is impossible, impossible to not grow as a Christian by going along regularly to something like a home group. You will absolutely grow. In some way, you will be blessed every time you go. You'll have rough edges knocked off you as you learn to love people who are very different from you. You'll have opportunity to step out. You'll get to move out of your comfort zone and find yourself doing things that you never thought that you would do. And you'll build relationships that are unexpected, that end up being the kind of relationships that walk through every kind of season of life with you. Do it for yourself and do it for us as a whole family. You know, as you go to home group, just by being there, just by turning up, you will be a blessing to the people in that group. Guarantee it. Just turn up, eat all of the snacks, you will be building family. You don't even have to talk to them. Probably probably do talk to them. They've given you the snacks after all. And not only will you be building into that particular expression of family within the church, but you will be strengthening the whole family as you do it, strengthening us as a people as we step into all that God has for us. And I know that home group evenings cannot practically work for everybody. I understand that. And 
there's childcare reasons, there's shift patterns, all of that sort of stuff. But that means, of course, then that our family life has to extend beyond just home group evenings. We have to be doing things like inviting people back to our homes after church or hosting families that are very different to us and looking to have spaces like that. Saturday morning coffee catch-ups, day trips out to the beach together when there's temperatures above zero degrees at some point. I understand that for everybody it won't work, but for most of us, home group is the place. A single focus for us in strengthening our community life will be home group. So that's the first thing, strengthening our community. Second, strengthening our core. You know, one of the most exciting things for us about growth is the potential that is now in the room. And that this is potential on an individual level. There are now so many people in this church, so many people that are newer that we are just getting to know, which means that there is absolutely tons of gifting and ability and strength that is within this room just waiting to be uncovered and opened up. That's very exciting. But alongside that as well, there is potential as a collective that when there are more people in the room, when there's more of us, there is just simply more that we can do. And where we find ourselves now as a church is that there is a lot of space in front of us. There is a lot that we can step into. There are avenues of reaching out into our city or events that we could run or pastoral courses that we could put on to serve all of us and host. I think that from chatting to people, there's a kind of sense of this opportunity. I've had, again, just in the last few weeks, lots of people coming up to me saying, oh, could we do this? Could we do that? Just great ideas of ways that we could start pushing into some of these things. Much of our life as a church so far has been just trying to get established, just trying to be a church, and then working out how do you do church online without, you know, falling under and then moving into a venue and all of the busyness that comes with that. But now that we find ourselves with our feet very much under the table here at the powerhouse, settled in, we're in this established here in this place that we're believing this is going to be our long-term home, it feels like as a family we're just able to get our heads up again and see and look, see that we've got a broad space in front of us. How do we want to keep going? What do we want to step into? And to step into as much as we can, we are going to be looking to soon expand our staffing uh, capability and capacity. Our current staffing arrangement is that I am employed full-time. I have the immense joy of getting to do this as my full-time job and have done since we began the church. And Hannah, my wife, does one day a week. She does some central administrative stuff and we've, uh, she does some oversees our kids' work. And uh, we also have the great privilege of having uh, Jem here. She does a day a week volunteering for us. So she, she's not paid. She just volunteers her time, gives herself to oversee our finances. And she helps with um, sermon series planning and preparation as well with me. Um, and since January, we have had uh, Tori doing exactly the same. So some of you will know Tori. She's not here today. But she's skiing. Or she's about to go skiing. Anyway, that's a tangent. Um, <laughs> Tori gives a day a week, again, unpaid, voluntary to oversee our students and do some of our alpha stuff as well. And simply from having Tori and Jem give a day a week, 
of their time, we have been able to do so much more. It adds so much capacity to what we're able to do. This is an example. If we didn't have Tori giving a day a week of her time, we wouldn't be able to do the alpha course for about to run. It's just as simple as that. We wouldn't be able to do it. But because she has, we can. And this team has served us so well to this point, but I think it's time for us to expand and step forward. And so as we look to add more paid staff into the team, we will be able to do a lot more when we do. We're planning to employ somebody on a part-time basis to oversee um, our students and welcome. And this is a really big step forward for us as a church to strengthen us and to stabilize us for all that we've got ahead. There is a really big difference between having a team of a couple of staff people and then a couple of volunteers. So starting to move towards a dynamic of a team of paid staff alongside volunteers. There's a video that you can find on YouTube if you like. Before we planted the church, um, Hannah and I sharing our dreams for what we want the church to look like and, um, and what, we, what we're hoping for before we, before we came. And even in that video, we said that we felt called to build a church that had students right at the center of who we are, um, mainly because of our own experience, that as students ourselves, we were encouraged and we were released in our gifting and we found community. It was so central for our own development. And so it's been a real delight for us to see that a lot of our recent growth has come through students being added into our community. And it, it feels the right time for us to be investing in something of that. And of course, hopefully most of you know, welcome is really important to us. And so we want to be continually investing there. But while I think probably what I want to make really clear, while their official job title will probably have something to do with welcome and students in it, what this really is about is that we'll be able to give, through expanding our capacity, more attention to everything. More attention to kids' ministry, more attention to our social justice partnerships, more attention to developing leaders and ways that we can effectively proclaim the gospel in Manchester. This is really a step for us increasing our overall behind-the-scenes capacity so we can serve this church better and we can reach out into the city more. And so because we stand at this moment with so much space in front of us, so much that we can step into, that is why over the next three Sundays we'll be taking up an offering. We're asking people to come and say, would you partner with us? Would you play your part in this? With this momentum that it feels like God is giving us as a family, I believe this is a time for us, as it says here in verse 2, to not hold back, but to keep stepping forward in faith together. We've always had a very generous church family. We've always been a generous church family. And our giving has been really good since September. We are in a strong financial position. But financially for us, this is a step of faith. And this is not just about the finances of, of employing a new staff member and all of those things. But this is an offering really to give us the resources to be able to say yes to some of the things that we think God might be saying to us. To step in as fully as we possibly can into all of the potential that is in front of us. Maybe more alpha courses or it get, getting involved in new ministry areas we haven't been able to explore or a partnership in the city or who knows what it might be ahead, but to have the resources to say yes to it. And maybe even update a few things here 
We'd love to have a bit of better signage around the place for visitors as they come in. Um, but also now we're using the whole hall, you know, a few more things out here to make it feel a bit more like home for us. Um, and also we want to invest more in our children's work and a few other things as well. I'll say more about those things in the next few weeks. This is a step of faith, but this is how it should always be. That we come to God saying, we've heard you. We believe in what you're doing. We believe in what you will do. We've heard you, and we want to be a part of it. It's often as we then step out in faith, before we have all that we need in order to do it. That's what faith is, isn't it? We step out in faith, and it's then that we are met with the abundant provision of God. So I'm confident as we take this step, God will provide. He always does. He'll find a way to give us all that we need. And as much as this is about what we want to be able to spend money on and use money for to advance the kingdom, I think this is also about an individual level of just saying, I want to join in. I want to step out in faith. I want to do something that costs me to say, this is, this is what I want to be a part of. Just saying, I am in. I want to be part of strengthening this church family, not because it's a perfect church family, but because it's part of what God is doing here on earth. And I want to give myself to that. I don't want to hold back. And as I said, I'll be speaking on giving over the next couple of Sundays, just maybe to help us grasp it and think it through in different ways. But over the next week or so, I'd love for you to be thinking and praying about what your own contribution and way of getting involved might be as we partner together. So two really practical ways that we can each play our part. Strengthening our community by committing to be part of a home group and strengthening our core by choosing to be part of the offering that we're doing soon. And I know almost just by virtue of what I said, there's a lot of people in this room that think, I am very new to this or I have joined recently. Is this for me? And probably just what I'd want to say to that is there is no probation period at Revelation Church that you do not have to prove yourself or wait on the edges and stand on the sidelines for a little bit before you can get fully involved. That you can get as involved as quickly as you would like. There is no pressure to. You can stay on the sidelines for as long as you want until you feel comfortable. But I'd equally, I'd want you to hear the invitation. Come. Come and be part of it. Come and help us strengthen. Come and be part of what God is building here. This time last year, I spoke on hearing the voice of Jesus, our good shepherd. And that when we hear his voice, we should follow him wherever he leads us, at whatever pace he wants to go at. Since then, I think we have heard his voice. We heard him speak about the powerhouse very clearly. We've followed him here. It's been quite a year. Let's hear his voice again. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Because as we do, he will enlarge us. We will be spread abroad to the right and to the left. I think this, just as we finish, this is an invitation for us to dream about what might spreading abroad to the right and to the left, what might that look like for us? How might he be looking to use us to reach out into Manchester? Because we are here to reach a city. As we enlarge 
that will be into new territory, into a space we have not yet moved into, to spaces we've not been in yet. We are still early in our journey. God is just getting started with us. And to the left and to the right, this is talking of nations, places that have not yet heard the gospel, have not yet been reached by the presence of God, gathering those that do not yet know Jesus. This is why our Alpha course in just a couple of days is so significant for us, because it is just the beginning of us stepping into this space of reaching out and seeing people saved. We have the band. The tent in Scripture is a place where God is. After the exodus from Egypt, God's people start wandering through the wilderness and they construct a tabernacle, a tent. In the wilderness, this is the place that houses the presence of God amongst his people. And then earlier in Isaiah, in chapter 16, the tent is the place where the Messiah sits enthroned. This invitation for us as to enlarge the tent is an invitation for us to enlarge the presence of God in our city. That more people would see this tent growing. More people would sense that maybe God is actually on the move. Is something that I should inquire about and move towards and look at. That more people would hear the invitation of their God. And that more people would come in and more people would meet their God. And that we would have, we would have the sheer joy of getting to introduce them to him. This is what we're here to do. We are here to enlarge. We're here to stretch out. This is the only hope for a world in darkness. And what an opportunity we have been given by God. Let's play our part. Let's strengthen and let's stretch out. We're going to sing to finish. Can I invite you to stand and we'll respond together. And then I'll come back and pray and we'll be finished.